Welcome to Marrow Masters Season 3, sponsored by the National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, Jazz Pharmaceuticals, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. The National Bone Marrow Transplant Link, established in 1992, strives to help patients, caregivers, and families cope with the psychosocial challenges of bone marrow stem cell transplant from diagnosis through survivorship. This season of Marrow Masters focuses on the patient perspective and many needs regarding bone marrow and stem cell transplant. Here is your host, Executive Director of the NBMT Link, Peggy Burkhardt. Welcome to Marrow Masters Patient Podcast Series, Season 3. Today, we have Jordan Siegel of New York City with us. Jordan will be sharing his incredible donor experience today. Not only is Jordan going to share his personal experience as a donor, but he will share what it is like to work with donors as the patient engagement donor recruiter for DKMS. It is my pleasure to introduce Jordan Siegel. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Peggy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to share my perspective. So Jordan, tell me about the decision to become a donor. What prompted you to register? So my experience is a a little funny because when I registered, I actually knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, I was simply helping out a friend. So I was actually in college at the time when I registered. I went to St. John's University. And um, one of my friends and roommate at the time, he was part of a fraternity. And part of being in a fraternity, you have to do um, community service events. So his fraternity had chosen to do a donor drive. Unfortunately, it wasn't too successful of a drive. And when I was walking through the campus, he called me over and said that the Greek Life Advisor was coming down to see how their event was coming, and they wanted someone at the table registering. He told me not to worry about it. I'll probably never be contacted. So, of course, me being a good friend to him, I was like, sure. And um, I filled out the form. I swabbed my cheeks, made sure I stood there for a um, quick photo op for the school. Then I went about my day and honestly completely forgot about registering. Wow. That's something. How did this experience change your life, Jordan? I was simply just doing it to help out a friend at the time, but little did I know I'd be helping out someone else in a much dire situation. What was the donation process like? So for my donation, um, going back to what my friend said, he said I'd probably never be contacted. Well, I was contacted less than a year later. And um, I was still in school at that point, finishing up my senior year. And the donation actually happened at the end of the year. So this is 2011. So I did all of my work up in New York City. So when you do a donation, you usually have to go and get some blood drawn and go get some checkups with a doctor to make sure you're 100% healthy. I was able to do all of that in New York. But when um, it came time for the donation, they actually scheduled me to donate on Christmas Eve of um, 2011. And I was going to be home for um, the break in Rhode Island with my family. And they were so great. They were so awesome throughout the process. The nurses made me feel 100% comfortable throughout everything. And then when it came time for the day of the donation, they actually were able to schedule it in Rhode Island to make things a lot easier for me. So I went through with donating at the Rhode Island Blood Center on Christmas Eve. And it's a little funny. I, I hate saying this now, but I wasn't the best donor at the time. I was a college student after all. So I wasn't always the most responsive. And then of course, right before my donation, I broke my arm. And that through my coordinators for a little bit of a loop because they weren't sure if um, doctors would be able to access my veins for the stem cell collection. But luckily, they're still able to access it. And I went through with the donation. And it was really, really cool because I actually saw the courier come in after my donation was done, take my stem cells, put them into a cooler, and then he left. And all I knew was that he was going right to the airport. And I had no idea where in the world my stem cells were going. Wow. And to this day, do you know much about where your donation went? So after my donation, I didn't really hear much, but about, I think around two years after the donation, I received a letter from the person who had received my stem cells. 
he told me in the letter he wanted to wait a little bit longer just to make sure he was in the clear before he could tell me that he was announced to be cancer-free. And it was a beautiful letter that I received from him, just letting me know how thankful he was that I was on the registry for him. And he told me a little bit about himself. Usually when you get a letter from your recipient, you don't really get to know a lot at first. Um, all personal identifiers are taken out. So you can't know their name, their age, their location, and any other tidbits of information that might lead you to figuring out who that person is. So in his letter, he told me only a little bit about himself, but he told me prior to be diagnosed with blood cancer, he was actually retired and really into community service, and he has a camper van that he liked to travel in. He was very happy to tell me in the letter that since the transplant, now that he's on the other side, he's resumed his volunteering activities, and he's traveling throughout his country with his camper van. Oh, that's terrific. And I believe, Jordan, there's another person in your family that has a wonderful experience with all of this. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So after I registered, and people really don't know about registration until they're told about it. Uh, my little sister was so impressed with what I was doing and wanted to be involved as well. So she actually requested to get a kit too, and she registered. And then not too long afterwards, she became a match for someone as well. And she actually donated her bone marrow, which is different than the procedure I went through. Um, with the bone marrow procedure, you're under general anesthesia, and they take the bone marrow from the back of your pelvic bone, virtually painless during it because, of course, you're under anesthesia, but you do have some soreness afterwards. And my little sister's a warrior. She didn't complain at all throughout the process. She was just so proud of what she was doing and how she was helping out a complete stranger. And then um, afterwards, she said she was just a little sore in the area, and she was able to resume her normal activities within a few days after the donation. Oh, that's great. And has she had any contact with her recipient? Yes, actually. Her contact went a lot farther than mine went with my recipient. So she actually got to eventually meet the person who she donated to. He's an amazing older gentleman, and um, they became actually quite close. Um, she's gone out to visit with him. Um, and meet his whole family. He and his wife have come out to where my sister lives to meet my whole family. And my little sister actually just got married this past December. And um, the person who she donated to was actually at the wedding with his wife. So it was beautiful for him to be able to be there because he's literally a part of our family now. And then shortly after her wedding in um, January, she actually flew out to where he was and she attended his last appointment with his oncology team where they announced him cancer-free and were able to ring the bell. So it was just really amazing how she was able to really be a part of um, this gentleman's life and be there for all of his experiences, and as well as he got to share in her experiences. That That is something else. I love to hear that story. Thanks, Jordan. It's so important, I think, that people get to know the other side of this. You know, we work with the patients and we love everything about their experience, but there is, on the other side of all of this, there's a donor and there's a donor family that is making a sacrifice and doing an incredible thing, giving the gift of life. And I'm just so excited today to get to talk to you about all of this. So I'd like to ask you, Jordan, I know you're at DKMS. You've got a terrific creative role there as a donor recruiter. What led you to DKMS after college? So the donation process had a huge impact on me. Um, I mentioned how I felt really good about giving back and I wanted to continue that into my professional career. So one of my first jobs outside of college was actually with the Boy Scouts of America, and I ran their career education department. It's called the Exploring Program. So I was there for many years, loved it. It's actually where I was able to meet my fiance. But um, I was actually sent a message from DKMS posting about one of their job opportunities, and I always thought back to the 
what emotions came to me during my donation experience. I wanted to give that to other people. So it seemed like a huge um, opportunity for me. So I instantly jumped at that and started the interview process. And um, I was lucky that I was able to get the role. And I've been there ever since. So how long have you been there? So I've been there for about four years now. In my time with DKMS, my roles changed a little bit. I started out working in um, strictly just donor drives, general drives, anything, um, colleges, companies. But one particular area where I had a lot of success was working with patients. And not only working with them, but getting to know them and getting to know their families and making sure that they feel supported throughout their search process. So that actually led me to be on the patient engagement team, where we now work to make sure that all patients we work with feel 100% supported and we're able to help them with needs that extend beyond just simply their donor recruitment roles. That's great. That's so awesome that DKMS takes on that element of it all to work with the donors and the patients. It's wonderful to hear. I know you've been able to get real creative with one of the projects that you love and it's near and dear to your heart. Sonny the Bear. Tell us about Sonny the Bear. So Sonny the Bear, it came to me as an idea. I went to visit with some children in the past. I noticed that they all had that one toy that was really with them that they carried throughout their treatment that really kind of gave them hope and strength. And I wanted to be able to provide something relevant to children so that they can all have a friend with them during the treatment process. So Sonny the Bear was created and a story was written that basically says that Sonny was once a patient himself and he received a transplant. After he came out on the other side as a survivor, he actually received a letter from the person who donated to him. And in the letter, the person said that he wanted Sonny to go around to children in similar situations to be a friend for them throughout their treatment process so that no one has to be alone. So that's when Sonny was created. And we've since been sending it to children around the country so that they can have their friend with them. That is great. Do you get much feedback from children and families that have received Sonny the Bear? Yeah, they love Sonny. So Sonny was strategically named so that Sonny's gender neutral. It's not a boy, it's not a girl. It can be whatever the child wants Sonny to be. And there's also an activity book that comes along with Sonny that has some fun activities, coloring pages, things like that. And families just love it. Sonny's so cute. And just to be able to have that special little item with them during their treatment, I think really brings them strength. Oh, that's great. What about your ambassador program, Jordan? What's that all about? So our ambassador program is very new. We work with a lot of patients during our time here at DKMS, and a lot of them come out on the other side and want to be advocates for the National Registry. Unfortunately, no one really thinks about registration until they're told about it or unfortunately personally um, affected by it. So the ambassador program serves to take on former patients and turn them into advocates for DKMS's mission. So they go out there and tell other patient families about what DKMS does and how they can make an impact by registering donors. And it also gives them a voice to enter into the community to let people know that they too have once been there and they're happy to help. That's great. So they're former patients that are helping create registration events where people can register to be a donor? That's one aspect of it, um, the registration process. But then there's also um, creating awareness, going out there and speaking, really bringing to the forefront that there is a huge need for people to be on their national registry and just to let them know their personal experience so that people can know that they can affect someone's life just like their own lives were affected when they got their donor. Okay. So how is the pandemic affecting swabbing and the ability for people to be tested and sign up? Is it difficult? So with the pandemic, DKMS has unfortunately had to suspend all in-person registration events. 
Luckily, we have an amazing virtual platform where people can go on and set up their own personal registration page, and they can share it with their friends, their family, on social media, and anybody who accesses their page can learn about what the process entails. They can actually fill out their form online, and DKMS will send them swab kits in the mail. So while we aren't able to have those in-person events, we're still able to fulfill our mission virtually. And we know this is temporary, or at least we hope it is. Eventually, things will get back to the way they are. Has it affected the way you guys are doing business, uh, even on college campuses? I would imagine there's going to be a difference. Are you guys preparing for that? Yes, we have been preparing for countless different scenarios just to make sure, because at the end of the day, our priority is to make sure that these donations are collected in a timely manner, everybody is safe, and that the collected cells and bone marrow get to the patient on the other end. That's our primary objective. And I think um, we've really thought of all scenarios to make sure that we're still able to fulfill that mission. Very good. Jordan, what about the importance of patients speaking out and creating awareness after they receive the gift of life? It's really huge. They really give a voice to this movement. It's not as spoken about as, say, like blood donation, for example. So anytime you can create awareness for this, it really helps people visualize themselves as a potential donor. So it's huge for patients to give their voice to this. Um, Unfortunately, if you fight a silent battle, nobody will know about it and nobody will know how they can help. And I think it's so important to get out there and spread the word about how just an average person, just like me when I was in college, can get on the registry and essentially give someone their life back. I think the personal touch to this really helps create an emotional attachment and allows people to really visualize themselves as a potential donor. Very good. Thank you so much, Jordan. Is there anything else you want to share with us today regarding the donor experience? I would just say I really highly encourage everybody to go out there, get educated, learn about the process. It's really easy to get on the registry. Once you're on the registry, you essentially just sit there and wait in hopes that one day you'll match up to someone. You might match up, you might never match up. But if you do match up and you go through with the process, you're not only giving someone personally their life back, but you're giving someone a mother or father back, a sister or brother, a close friend. You're not only affecting that one person's life, you're affecting the whole community around them. So I really highly encourage everybody to go out there and learn. When I first started, I knew nothing about it, but it completely changed my life. And I'm just so grateful. Sometimes I think that I got more out of the process than the person who received my stem cells. And I truly believe that because I love what I do and I love being able to help turn regular people into lifesavers. Well, I think it is a calling for you, no doubt, Jordan. And I thank you so much. Is there a website or a call to action for people that you might want to share with us? Sure. Anybody can go to our website, dkms.org, to learn more about who we are and what we do. If anybody wants to strictly register, they can go to dkms.org slash register. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Jordan. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. You guys do amazing work and DKMS is always happy to partner with you. Likewise. Thank you. This has been the Marrow Masters podcast. Feel free to share this episode via social media, text, or email. To hear more, subscribe for free to Marrow Masters in your favorite podcast app. To learn more about the resources available to patients and caregivers, check out the National Bone Marrow Transplant link at nbmtlink.org. That's nbmtlink.org. Or just tap the link below in the show notes.